uniting thousands to worship one. This is New Wine. These are strange and terrible days. The world's in the grip of fear, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be over anytime soon. But what if something else is going on? History tells us that whenever plague or persecution or famine has come upon the earth, the church shines. What if instead of being shaken, we're being shaped? We break out, prayed up and fired up. What if Satan thought that he was bringing the church to her knees and just discovers that we've become more powerful? This is our time. Let's not miss it. This is United Breaks Out. Welcome to New Wine FM United Breaks Out podcast. I'm Richie and I'm glad you could join us this evening. Now across the next few days, we'll be bringing you some of the bits that we would normally be bringing you live on New Wine FM. In the evenings, we'll be reviewing the teaching from the main sessions throughout the day and talking to the speakers. And in the mornings, we'll be speaking to the charities and organisations that are associated with New Wine this year, bringing you their stories and updates on what's going on. Our show started this evening by replaying some of the key phrases said by the national leader for New Wine, Paul Harcourt, back in April when he announced United Breaks Out. We spoke to him to find out the background behind the event, the cancellation of United 2020, and the vision, challenges and opportunities that United Breaks Out will bring. Obviously this year, everything's been thrown into confusion by the pandemic. And it's hard now to think back, but when we were making our really most important decisions, it was still very early and none of us knew how long this was going to last. So at first we were thinking, how late can we go before we finally make the decision? So we were having to make these decisions uh, late in March and early April um, so that people knew in good time and so that we weren't tied into contracts that we wouldn't be able to uh, survive. So it was quite early, but there was a real sense of peace. We felt as we prayed about it that we came very quickly to a decision um, which we were able then to communicate out to the New Wine family. So at least there was some clarity. Uh, the thing that probably made the difference was that we realised that even if we were allowed to meet, it would put so much pressure on the health service and on our medical team volunteers that we just felt it wasn't appropriate for us to do that. And of course, we're really glad that we'd made that decision because it's turned out to be impossible. So we're glad that we were able to make the decision early and offer refunds to help people through what's been a really challenging time. After we'd taken the really difficult decision to cancel the United Gatherings for the first time in over 30 years, uh, at first we were thinking that what we should do is just continue to support the network and help local churches. But it really became clear to us that this is a significant moment in the history of the nation. And um, we got this gathering sense that we should do something to speak into the moment on behalf of the churches. And we began to get this real sense of vision from the Lord that the church shouldn't um, hide away. But this was a time for us to press into the Lord more than ever so that when we start to come out of lockdown, we would come out boldly and confidently. We would be prayed up and fired up and ready really to engage with the needs of a, a nation that we, we knew even then would be hurting. And we're really glad that we did that because now we've been able, I think, to seize this moment through the United Breaks Out conference. It wasn't what we originally thought we would be doing, but it became clear fairly quickly that that's where we should put our energies for the first part of this season. 
the way that we really got that sense of hearing from the Lord together was was that we were doing a lot of Zoom meetings during that time. But we also set aside a few days of prayer and fasting, which the national leadership team and the regional directors and the trustees all engaged with. And it's really interesting that it was it was out of that period that we came to clarity really quickly. And we needed to make some decisions um, in a very short period of time. But everything came together really well. I, I think it was because we'd spent that time really seeking the Lord for for what we should be doing. As terrible as the pandemic is, and with all the suffering that people have gone through, it is also a moment of opportunity where God has got our attention. And we felt that this was a time where the church really needed to be equipped. Looking back through history, we see many times when the the kingdom of God has actually gone forward very powerfully and the church has grown during times of um, pestilence and pandemic. And it's because in times like that, the nation realizes that all their normal answers don't work. And yet the church is there confidently serving and pressing forward and just demonstrating that actually when all the human answers fail, we're, we're ever more clear than we than we could be before that God is the only answer. And so we really, really sensed there was a great opportunity that uh, there would be a big turning. There was a need for us to extend the love of God in, in practical and spiritual ways. But there was also an opportunity for us to speak a gospel, to, to call people to the rock when everything else is being shaken. I think whenever we have an interruption in our lives, there's an opportunity for us to pause and take stock. And so there's no doubt in my mind that um, partly what the Lord has been doing during this season is challenging us. I think he's been um, calling us back to himself. I think he's been um, giving us opportunity maybe to reset some rhythms. So a lot of people I know have been pressing in more deeply into prayer, getting um, personal spiritual disciplines sorted out in their own lives. And um, we believe that in United Breaks Out, we want to encourage that and help people press into that further because this is an opportunity for us to um, to get away from busyness and come back to fruitfulness, uh, to realize that we're, we're not um, only going to gather in a way that so often can tip over into a consumer approach to Christianity. And so what we see really is an opportunity for us each individually to discover a fresh personal relationship with the Lord, um, a sense of authority as disciples that, that we carry individually which also will make it so much more powerful when we come back together in larger gatherings. Normally, when you have a conference, um, you won't get the whole church going to the conference. And so it does take on the nature of an event. People come back and they try to describe it, but they can't really share the experience. The great thing about United Breaks Out is everybody's welcome. It's free. It's online. And it'll all be there after the event as well. So people can go back and look at it. And um, what we want to do is create a conversation that continues through the autumn. We've been learning uh, so much during this season, and I think it will be part of the way that New Wine operates as we go for, go ahead. Um, certainly within the network, as we keep churches and leaders together through the years. But it is our hope that we'll be able to get back to physical gathering next summer. And we've got some really exciting plans for 2021. But even if we couldn't pull them off, we know how to do United Breaks Out now. So there'll always be a way for us to be new wine and to be united, whether we're physically gathering or coming together over the internet. Uniting thousands to worship one. United Breaks Out.
So that was Paul Harcourt speaking to us earlier um, about the vision, challenges and opportunities for United Breaks Out. And you are listening to New Wine FM. I am Sally Roper. And I am Dave Roper. So for those of you who are not familiar with New Wine, with United and with Luminosity, just a quick explanation of what Luminosity is. Luminosity is in a way a, a rebranding, a relaunching of the youth work and the youth ministry at New Wine. And so rather than it feeling like just a, a kind of a small part of New Wine, it's almost like Luminosity is its own event within the event of New Wine. Yeah, they have their own identity. The plan for this year, had we been meeting together, was that they'd have their own village, they'd have their own, they'd be camping together, they'd have their own food court, which I was really looking forward to personally, like invading the food court. Just turning up and saying we're here. I don't think we would have been let in. No. I think your beard is a bit of a giveaway that you are not a member of, not the, a member of the youth. Not a member of the Luminosity. But Luminosity is exciting, it's new, and it is already happening. Absolutely. And this is so good to be back doing this again. This is great. This is odd, as everyone keeps saying. Everything is odd these days. Yeah. But it is great. It is fun. It really is. Last year, for those of you who um, haven't listened to New Wine FM before or didn't hear it last year, last year we had our first year of the youth radio show and we presented it and it was so much fun. And we thought we were going to get to do it again this year, possibly even doing it week one and week two of United. But that wasn't the case. But here we are chatting away and doing some stuff. Absolutely. And it was really, really great earlier on listening to Emmanuel Chueche speaking and then hearing also Lee Kirkby chatting with Joel Harris. Yes. And I just thought it'd be really cool to just chat about that a little bit. Yes. So Emmanuel, when he spoke, oh, it was really good. Yes. It was so good. He was talking about salt and light. And one of the things I loved about it is that he spoke about this idea of what salt does being about preserving and particularly about preserving the earth and preserving people and how young people now have this voice that they are using where they are basically being a voice for the voiceless. Yeah. And he said, you know, whether it's climate change or speaking up against racism, young people are using their voice. Yeah. It was really great, wasn't it, to see how um, encouraged he was by that lady, that girl from his youth group and how that she- young lady. Young lady, how, who decided she was gonna write to Disney. It was and, Laurie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and just the way that she decided that this was something that was really important to her. She was gonna raise the profile of it. And suddenly she's got this, this great profile and she's able to Absolutely. make a difference and yeah. I was just Make yeah. sure everyone feels like a princess or a prince. Yeah. Which is terrific. It was amazing. I, I love that. It, and when he was mentioning climate change, I was remembering last year when we met uh, we met Jack Wakefield from yes. Tear Fund. Yes, yes. And he was kind of spearheading and promoting their rubbish campaign. Yeah. And that was, again, all about waste and living a kind of zero, as much of a zero waste life as you possibly can and taking care of it. So that was really, really cool. So yeah. I just loved hearing that. And, and I always want young people to be using their voice and I want yeah. their voices to be the loudest because I think they've got such a, an opportunity to change stuff. But then, I mean, you really loved it when Lee Kirkby was chatting with Joel Harris, didn't you? I, I just thought it was really, really interesting. It was really engaging. Um, I, it felt as though uh, Joel had so much to say on so many different subjects. It was really interesting that he started talking about uh, social media and getting likes and having a profile yeah, and a following yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then also uh, the really interesting things he had to say around mental health, his own mental health yes. issues um, and things that he struggled with. Um, so yeah, I just found it really interesting that since we often draw quite rightly quite a connection between mental health issues and our use of social media. Um, I thought that was really interesting that he 
wound up kind of combining those two. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's got like his own YouTube channel, John yeah. Harris. Yeah. And he travels and talks about stuff um, to do with where he is, but also talks a lot about his Christian faith. Yeah. Um, but for me, he is not the star of that interview, and neither is Lee Kirkby, although obviously very nice young men. Fine young men. The star of that interview was Joel's mum. Yes. He mentioned that Joel, he mentioned that his mum, while he was making his YouTube stuff, was saying, uh, Joel, or, uh, who's, who's the audience? Who's the audience of one? I love Joel's mum. Yeah. I love Joel's mum. Just that reminder that what we do is not for a round of applause. It's not for loads of likes and loads of followers. It is for Jesus. And it is for doing exactly what Jesus wants us to do. And that I love. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And um, it reminded me of that verse, which is in Matthew 6. It's Matthew 6, verse 6, about yes. when you pray, pray in secret. And the Lord who sees you in secret will reward you. Yes. And you can tell that what Joel has experienced is that process of, I've got to do this for God. I've got to not worry so much about everyone seeing me, but just know that God is seeing me, that it's me and him in secret doing our thing. Yeah. And what he... What he mentioned was that thing of people coming back and going, oh yeah, you're that guy that's got the YouTube channel and you talk about God. I mean, I don't believe in it, but you know, you talk about God. What an amazing impact. What an amazing amount of seed sowing. I love it. I love it. So good. So we are thoroughly excited, aren't we? We are. We're excited about the next few days, the things that we're going to be seeing. One of the things I did look into a little bit was Joel works for Kintsugi Hope, this charity. Okay. And they um, basically have so much resource for people with mental health, but particularly for churches, in encouraging people to talk more about how they're feeling and to be parts of groups where they're discussing and supporting each other. And actually, Patrick and Diana Reagan, they started Kintsugi Hope, and they are going to be speaking on the 1st of August at half past one. And they're going to be speaking on Go Gently, which looks really interesting. So if you're interested in the kind of the idea of exploring mental health as a Christian, look for that. That'll be the 1st of August, about half past one. And that's Patrick and Diane Regan speaking about going gently. So this is us signing off for the first time, but I think we'll be signing on again soon, hopefully. Hopefully so. God bless you guys. We love you. Have an amazing time at United Breaks Out. See you soon. This is United Breaks Out on New Wine FM. Dave and Sally Roper there looking at the luminosity activities that are going on this weekend for the young people. And for more information or to watch the sessions and the after hours events, visit weareluminosity.org. Now, the Impact Venue is also running this weekend. That's the venue aimed at those who are passionate about urban areas and the outer estates of our cities and finding out about what God is doing in these areas. Their magazine-style programme of worship, teaching and testimonies has been brought to United Breaks Out. And tonight, Daniel Strickland will speaking on cultivating a life of faith. Uh, what an exciting and perplexing and complex time in which we find ourselves. I mean, could any of you have even asked or dreamt or imagined what would happen in the year 2020? No. It's taken us all by surprise, and many of us really dealing with the fear and the anxiety and the realities of being out of control of our own destiny, of our own futures. And in, in many of our lifetimes, this is the most out of control we've ever felt. And it struck me at the beginning of the quarantine time that this was a specifically uh, an invitation, a divine invitation that God was giving 
people to really consider what really, really matters. Now, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that love is the thing that matters the most, right? And it's the love chapter, so even if you're not super familiar with it, you haven't memorized it to be a good husband or wife, you'll definitely hear it recited at every wedding uh, you've ever been to. But there is that little line, you know, that there are three things that remain. So there are all these things, even religious things, even incredible things, even good things. But in the very end, only three things remain. This trinity of change, the currency of eternal change is what I like to call it. It's faith, hope, and love. Those are the eternal qualities that we can invest in now that will not fade. But I wanted to just zone in on faith because I think now more than ever before, we have had some space and time to consider our faith. Questions like, what is the church? What is the church when the church can't gather? Uh, what are we doing and who are we and how do we be the body of Christ in a world that's hurting and lost and afraid? These awakenings that are happening all around the globe, these movements, uh, anti-racist movements are coming out of their beautiful uh, blossoms that are coming out of this fertile ground, I think, as people have had months to consider what kind of humans they want to be. Faith is remembering the character of God. It's remembering what it is that you're doing, but it's also having eyes to confront worry and anxiety, the big picture, that anxious presence with just that one thing, the reminder of who God is, the reminder that what he needs you to do is just one thing, not many things. You of little faith is not a rebuke. It's an invitation to take that little faith and to work it out in your own life. Jesus is with you in your life, in your boat, in your family, in your crossing. Jesus is right there and he's not afraid. And take that, his, his non-anxious presence in the midst of resistance. He's not surprised, he's not afraid, he's not confused, he's not perturbed. Faith is the reality that Jesus is with you. That you don't have to confront your fear alone. That Jesus is in your boat and has the authority over all of the things that you're afraid of. I was just reading through some letters by Martin Luther King Jr. and some of his biographical material around the Montgomery bus riots and the bombing of his house, you know, and he talks about this moment that really was a defining moment in his life where he was swirling in anxiety and he was afraid and rightly so, his, the resistance was growing, his house, the front porch of his house had been bombed, he had received threats every night that his family was going to be killed and he was going to be killed and on and on this would go, burning crosses and packages at the door, bricks through the window. And he said he was really weary one night, he couldn't sleep, he was tossing and turning, he went to his kitchen, put on a pot of coffee. And he just said, God, I'm trying to do the right thing here. And I'm afraid. And he said that in his kitchen that night, the Holy Spirit fell. I mean, filled him. He testifies to this, changed his heart. He said he doesn't really know quite how to describe it, but that the presence of Jesus kicked fear out of his house out of his life. 
This crazy thing, this new thing, this hard thing, this thing that can't be done is a thing that Jesus is inviting you to do. And this is the opportunity. Every time there's a new thing, every time there's this thing you've never done before, every time there's this doubt that you have, whether it's connecting the thing or doing a podcast or some sort of radio broadcast or whether it's like a Zoom meeting with your next door neighbor, which seems remarkably dumb, or whether it's like a rethink from gathering to small, uh, big to tiny, you know, this mustard seed faith level of newness that God wants to do in the kingdom, uh, this is, you can do this. This is what your faith is for. It's for these moments. It's for these new things. And even as you might try it and your biggest fear is that you might fail, even in the failure, there he is. There he is. Hey, try it again. Hey, try it again. Lifting you up. Are you terrified of things you can't do? Are you worried you're not enough to do this new thing that you've never done before and can't be done? Practice your faith. He's right with you to help you, to rescue you if even need be. And are you worried you won't have enough? There won't be enough for you, for your family, for the rest of the people that you minister to? Practice your faith. He is the bread. This unprecedented opportunity we have to take our beliefs and to put them into practice. And I hope that you can do this on a daily basis. I hope your little faith, this mustard seed, will grow. And the birds of the air, all of the nations of the earth will come and find a home in your tree. This beautiful fruit that you bear as you practice your faith on a daily basis. God bless you. While that was going on in Impact, Candy Evans was in the arena where Miriam Swanson was speaking. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. That's the beginning of the passage from John 3 that opens our first talk at United Breaks Out from Miriam Swanson. It's a familiar passage, but as you might expect, Miriam manages to find plenty of new angles that speak to us at United Breaks Out. As an example, did you know this? It turns out Nicodemus is a bit of a hero in the African-American church, and for good reason. So during the years in which African-Americans were enslaved in the United States, it was illegal for them to gather as church. They couldn't meet to worship in public. They couldn't meet together. They couldn't even read the Bible. And so they had to do everything by nighttime just like Nicodemus. Nicodemus gave them a biblical example of going against the ruling powers of the time in order to meet with God. But we don't have to meet in the dark, do we? Jesus mystifies us. He makes us search deeper. Now I can think of experiences that feel very similar to Nicodemus's, even in the last few weeks. You know, I come to God hoping he'll agree with me hoping he'll comfort me and bolster up my opinions of myself and of him. And instead, what I'm met with is a deeper question, a better question. I'm being asked to do a bit more work and to search with him. But even for Nicodemus, the darkness doesn't just go away. When we meet Nicodemus for the first time, even though he's actually sought out Jesus, even though he's asking God some questions, he's in the dark. John wants to make it clear at this point, Nicodemus is still a long way off knowing who Jesus fully is. Now, I can resonate with that. 
There are times when I've gone looking for God to ask him questions, to find out more of what he thinks or what I should be doing or what he thinks of me. And I've found there haven't been quick and easy answers. If anything, I kind of feel like I'm left in the dark wondering, God, what are you up to? What does this mean? And where am I in relation to you? So where is God in all this? You know, with everything going on in the world right now, I find myself saying, God, I, I know you're the God of justice. I know we're called to see the oppressed free, but it's not really like my job, is it? I mean, it's not like I chose to be born where I was born or it's not like I'm meant to have the lifestyle that I have, which has been fairly privileged by white privilege. It's not like I meant that to happen. So it's not my job to question that stuff, is it? And I'd love Jesus's answer to be nice and simple. Don't worry, Miriam. I'm talking to other people about it. It's not your thing. Don't worry. But he doesn't do that, does he? Instead, I find Jesus again mystifies me with deeper questions like, hey, Miriam, I wonder what it looks like to die to self and live for me. I wonder what it looks like to love your neighbour as if they were your very self in the face of racism. Hey, Miriam, I wonder whether your table on earth can reflect the heavenly banquet. Jesus isn't afraid to shock. He isn't afraid to mystify. He isn't afraid to keep asking more questions. And that is actually a relief because that means God's not afraid of your deepest question either. In fact, if anything, he's inviting it. This talk isn't an easy listen. It's not soft-soaping the challenges of our faith, but it certainly makes you think. I guess, like most of us, the concept of actually having to lose our privileges, of having to actually lay down some of the stuff that we've benefited from, that can feel too costly, even for Jesus. But courage is practised. Courage is grown. Courage comes by step by step, taking the brave, right decision towards Jesus. If you'd like to hear how Miriam ties up the loose ends of Nicodemus, our darkness, and how we fit into God's assurance of a deeper relationship with him, you can find it in Thursday evening's Arena broadcast on YouTube. I leave you with one more thought from her. Perhaps the bravest thing we can do is meet God in the darkness. Uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Candy Evans there reflecting on Miriam Swanson's talk from the arena. And if you want to hear her full talk or any of the other teaching from this evening, they're all available via the United Breaks Out website at new-wine.org forward slash breaks out. We can also find information about all the other events that are taking place this weekend. And tomorrow morning's programme, we'll be chatting to Sat7 and IJM and that will be available to listen to from the late morning. Tomorrow evening we'll be looking at all the main sessions that will take place tomorrow. And don't forget to check out the New One FM Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash newonefm for more from us, including a link to our Spotify playlist for this year. And we'll leave you with a prayer for this event from Paul Harcourt. So Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together in this way. We thank you for all the work that's gone into United Breaks Out, for the ways in which you have been speaking to all those who will be sharing, 
for the initiatives that are being taken up and down the country to gather as we can in community, even if in small groups. And we pray that the Spirit of God would fall. And however people are listening to this, whether through the radio, whether they're watching it in homes, even camping out, we pray that your Spirit would fall upon them, that you'd make your truth clear to us, but you'd also minister to us. Thank you, Lord, that you're not done with your church, that this is a time for us to arise in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray that you would use this event for your glory and you'd use this event to strengthen the church, to play the part that you have for us as the kingdom comes to this nation. And we ask this in the great name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from New Wine FM. For more information, visit new-wine.org forward slash breaks out.